And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we say together, thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. Well, here we are, kind of the same place that we find ourselves every year. Christmas has come and gone. The Christ child is is here. Hopefully you've spent some time with family or with loved ones. You've gotten the chance to eat some good food, probably eat more dessert than you should have. Hopefully you had a chance, if not here, then somewhere else to sing Silent Night in a sanctuary that was dimly lit and raise a candle up into the air. Maybe for you, Christmas this year was absolutely wonderful. Maybe it was full of life. Maybe it was one of the best Christmases that you can remember having in a very, very long time. Or maybe for you, this was a tough Christmas. Maybe for you, this felt more like a Christmas to forget. Maybe there was conflict around the dinner table. Maybe there was an empty seat at your table for the first time or maybe for the 10th time. Maybe you didn't get to see everyone that you wanted to see. Maybe you had to work. No matter where you find yourself on the crest of this new year with Christmas and Christmas Eve behind us, I think it's fitting this first Sunday after Christmas to take a look at the shepherds. The first people to hear the news of Christ's birth. Because what I think we should be asking ourselves right now is now what? Where is it that we're supposed to go from here? And the shepherds, I think, give us a little bit of insight into how we might begin to answer that question for ourselves. The scripture picks up and they are minding their own business, aren't they? I mean, it says that they're watching their flocks by night, but really that's just a fancy way of saying that it was just another night on the night shift, right? They were just clocked in for another evening trying to keep up with all of these sheep. When suddenly an angel of the Lord appears to them, to you this day in the city of David, a Savior is born, and he's the Messiah He's the Lord. I mean, just to be clear, that's the news that we have heard too, isn't it? I mean, that's the news that we celebrate on Christmas Eve, right? It's the news that we've been processing over this last week. That hope is here and joy is here and peace is here and love is here. That the wait is over. That the Christ child is finally laying in the manger. The question we face is what are we going to do with that news? How is that news going to, going to impact us? 
How is this reality of the Christ child going to change us or, or shape us? And I love how it impacts and changes and shapes the shepherds. They get this news, and they're a little bit afraid at first, but I mean, who wouldn't be? Come on, who wouldn't be? The angels leave, and they immediately say to one another, well, we got to go to Bethlehem. I mean, it's almost like they didn't, I mean, there was no questioning, right? The angels leave, and they go, well, we got to go to Bethlehem because we have to see for ourselves. So they rush off with haste, the scripture says, to go and find Mary and Joseph and to lay eyes on this baby all swaddled up in bands of cloth. And one of my favorite details about this passage is that when they get there, when they finally meet Mary and Joseph and they see Jesus, they tell Mary and Joseph the story of the angel coming to visit them in the field. And I mean, can't you, can't you picture it? I love this detail. The shepherds looking at these sleep-deprived young new parents who have no clue what they're doing. I've been there, so I, I can relate a little bit better to how they might have been feeling. And they look at Mary and they say, you are not going to believe what happened to us a few nights ago. And she just cuts Joseph some side eye and says, try me, right? <laughs> it's, it's been one of those weeks. I think one of the reasons I love this text so much is because the shepherds just seem so fired up. They just, they seem so, so giddy, immediately rushing to Bethlehem. I mean, it almost reminds me when I was in elementary school and something would happen at school that I just could not wait to get home and tell my parents. Sitting on the couch waiting for my dad to walk in the front door just so I could tell him this revolutionary thing that had happened in the life of third grade Ross. It's like they, they can't contain themselves once they receive the news. Even when they leave Mary and Joseph, it says they go off glorifying and praising God. I mean, this news of a newborn king has simply brought them a joy that they just can't contain. And it seems to me that oftentimes we get joy and happiness confused, especially, especially this time of year. I mean, oftentimes I think we associate happiness with Christmas Day and the Christmas season, getting the gifts that we want, putting up our decorations, finding good deals on Amazon. All of that can make us happy, right? But here's the thing, and you know this, but I'm going to tell you again anyway, because if you're like me, you need to be reminded of this around this time of year every single year. Happiness is dependent on circumstances. Things are going well at work, so we are happy you put on your winter coat for the first time in six months and you forget that you slipped a 20 in that side pocket and you're $20 richer and you're pretty darn happy, or at least when that happens to me, I'm pretty happy. The Boston Celtics beat the Lakers on Christmas Day and we're having a pretty good start to the season, so I'm pretty happy about that right now. Happiness is an emotional response. It springs up in our lives when something good happens or when we wake up and the weather is nice. Joy, on the other hand, is completely independent of circumstance. 
The level of joy in my life should not depend on how the season is going for the Boston Celtics. And I feel like sometimes that's true and sometimes that's not true. But the reason for that is because joy, joy knows no good times and knows no bad times because we always have Jesus. It's almost like for us as believers, joy is this act of the will. It is a deep contentment because we know that what we already have is enough. Because we've already received way more than we could ever need and certainly way more than we might ever think we deserve. While happiness is temporary, isn't it? I mean, you know this. I mean, it's it's this fleeting thing that, that comes and goes in the midst of life. And to be clear... I think the shepherds had plenty of reasons to not be happy. I mean, shepherding was a lowly, lowly job in the midst of that society. Most, if not all of them, did not own the sheep that they were leading. They were watching and leading and protecting somebody else's sheep. So really, they were just a hired hand. Not to mention that many in society viewed them as vagrants or as criminals, Because the land that they would take the sheep to graze on was often not their land or the person whose sheep they were watching's land. They were constantly around animals, sometimes dead animals, so they were viewed by society as unclean. I mean, they were people who existed on the outskirts of society, leaving town for months at a time to take a flock of sheep somewhere where they could drink and eat. Not that they were unhappy folks. I, I, don't, I don't know that. But on paper, it seems like they didn't have a whole lot of things going on in their life that would make happiness a consistent, everyday presence. But they had joy, didn't they? Or at least it seems like they had joy by the way that they reacted to this news that they heard from the angel. Despite their circumstances, they were filled with joy and with praise and with wonder. I mean, you know this, right? I mean, I mean, having joy doesn't always mean that we're going to be walking on clouds. But what joy does mean is that we are a people who always know the hope that we have. A hope that is enough to hold us and to carry us through life. And yet, if we're being honest... I'm not sure that that sort of uncontainable joy is always the first thing that people think of when they think of Christians. I mean, unfortunately, I think we, we live in a culture where, where people sometimes view the church or as faith or, or religion as something that is rigid, something that is boring, or maybe even something that they would call joyless. I cannot tell you How many times I have been in a conversation with someone and they find out that I am a pastor and all of a sudden their whole demeanor changes. Like, I mean, not even just their body, but even their emotional, the look on their face will change when they find out what I do for a living. It's like they react like I'm the fun police, like what I'm doing is waiting to catch them in their next sin and shake the joy right out of their, right out of their life. My grandfather was a pastor. You've heard me talk about him before. And when he was asked what he did for a living, he was known sometimes 
instead of saying that he was a pastor, he would say that he sold fire insurance, which I think is very, very clever, because <laughs> it's kind of a lie, but it's not all the way a lie. I was, I was trying to find some interviews with folks uh, that, that spent some time talking about how they viewed the church, and I found an interview with Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr., and he is, he is widely considered to be one of the greatest Supreme Court justices in American history. The Journal of Legal Studies identified Holmes as the third most cited legal scholar in the 20th century. He was a member of the Supreme Court for 30 years. And I read an interview this week where he was being asked some questions about his life. And during the interview, the reporter asked him what he would have done with his life if he hadn't have ended up going to law school and becoming a judge. And, and this is what he said. I might have entered the ministry if certain clergymen I knew had not looked and acted like joyless undertakers. And let me tell y'all guys, as a pastor reading that, it stings. It hurts. And I think part of the reason it hurts is, is because I worry that maybe he had a point. I mean, maybe the reason that people don't always associate joy with folks who claim to be a people walking with Jesus is because we're not as vocal with our joy as we should be. We don't live our life like we see the shepherds live their life in the Scripture. It's like for some reason we're, we don't wear the joy that we believe that we have on our sleeve. We don't outwardly express the good news that we believe is, is within us. And I don't know why that's the case. My hunch is that it might be different for every person in this room. Maybe you don't want people to look at you or, or listen to you. Maybe you don't want to look silly. Maybe you're just trying to play it cool. I, I don't know why this is, but I think we're probably all guilty of it. I mean, can we agree on that? That all of us at one point or another have decided to close our mouths instead of sharing the joy that we believe we have because of the Christ child. Because I do know that we're supposed to be a people who live this story loudly, who make our joy known to the world like the shepherds. And I know this because we don't just see this in this story of the shepherds. Jesus tells us to live like this in Matthew chapter 5, and you know this scripture. You are the light of the world, is what Jesus tells us. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. People don't light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. Rather, they put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. I mean, Jesus tells us that we are supposed to be bearers of the light. That we're not meant to keep these things hidden under a basket. We're supposed to put this light on a stand, to put our joy on a stand and lift it high to let the world see. I mean, we are meant to be a people who go through life sharing our joy. 
I love the way that the message translation translates part of the scripture that we read together today. After the shepherds meet Jesus and Mary and Joseph and they tell them about their experience with the angel, this is what it says. They let loose their joy. That's what they did. They let loose their joy. They didn't try to contain it. They didn't try to tamper it down. And y'all, I'm pretty sure that's what we're supposed to do. I think in this season after Christmas Eve, we're supposed to be a people who are living out this story the way the shepherds do in the scripture. And look, I am completely aware of the fact that this is a very simple message to preach the first Sunday after Christmas. I dare say this is an obvious message to preach the first Sunday after Christmas. But I think, I'm I'm pretty confident that it is a message that we need to hear because it's a message that I need to hear. The way that we live out this news of the birth of Jesus, it matters. It matters. Because if we don't share the news of Christ's birth, who is going to share the news of Christ's birth? I mean, these shepherds in the scripture, they're, they're the first evangelists in history. They're the first people to go out with the, with the sole goal of telling others the news that they have heard. And when they do, they're, they're overwhelmed with joy. They let loose their joy. And they just simply begin to cast out their nets to, to anyone who they think might listen. And they do so in the scripture with, with a sense of awe and wonder and joy. And I really do believe that that is our calling as believers. And so the challenge for us today, the challenge for me, and, 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 and hopefully the challenge for you, is that whether this was the best Christmas that you can ever remember having or whether this was one to forget, is that we would be a people who are living this good news out loud. That we would be a people who are putting our light on a lampstand. A people who are letting loose our joy instead of trying to contain it or tamper it down. A people who are living in such a way that people look at us and just think we're casting nets to anyone who's standing still enough for us to try to throw a net over. All because... In the city of David, a Savior has been born. And his name is Jesus. And because he was born, and because he lived, we know that no matter what it is that is going on in our life, no matter what this last year has looked like, no matter what this next year brings us, we know that because Jesus was born and lived and walked among us, that everything is going to be okay. We remember that because of Christmas, our lives are contingent on our circumstances. Because of Christmas, we don't have to be a people who are living from one fleeting moment of happiness to the next. Because we have joy. Really because we have Jesus. Because 2,000 years ago, a baby was placed in a manger and born to two young parents who were just trying to do the best that they could do. And that baby, 
changed everything. Because we know that Christ is our king. We know that Christ is our peace. We know that Christ is our hope. We know that Christ is the source of our joy. Now all we have to do is act like it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. Living at God, we give you thanks for the story that changed everything. We give you thanks for the baby in the manger, for the hope that Christ brought with him, for the redemption that we know we have because of who this baby is. Our prayer for today, or my prayer for today, Lord, is that you might fill us with boldness and courage to not just keep this good news to ourselves, but to be a people who are sharing it as many places that we possibly can, Lord. A people who are bursting with joy. A people who desperately want the world to know that everything is going to be okay because of the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. Lord, remind us that our calling is to be sharers of the light. 